You are listening to the Real Faith Stories Podcast. Interviews with people who chose to boldly follow their faith. I'm your host, Brian Robinson. Now, let's meet our guest and hear their story. Katie, welcome to Real Faith Stories. I am very excited to hear your story today. Oh, thank you, Brian. I'm really honored to be here with you today. I was introduced to you by a mutual friend, and I quickly purchased one of your documentaries, one entitled Seven Yards. And in fact, it utterly blew my mind. I was weeping at the end of it and at many points through it. Before we dive into what you actually do with respect to creating documentaries, I'd love to circle back to a watershed moment in your life back in 2011 when you received a phone call that you said changed your life. Please share about that. Yes. You know, a lot of people hope to find their call in life. And in 2011, I actually received a phone call that changed my life. And it was from a mother who, when she called me, she was crying so deeply. I could barely understand her words. And she said, my name is Kara. You don't know me, but someone said you could help me. Uh, My son is eight months old. He's just been diagnosed with a terminal brain tumor. And I would love for someone to get photos of him before he loses his hair. And my world stopped. I wasn't a mother at the time. I can't even begin to think what it must have been like for her to even speak those words. And what she didn't know is that the Lord had put on my heart months before her phone call to start my own nonprofit organization. And he placed it deeply on my heart to serve with my camera. Um, I was a photographer and loved just capturing families and stories and people. And I wanted to combine that effort with filmmakers so that together we could capture powerful, real stories and serve people that are hurting and facing hard times. And what's so unique, what a lot of people don't know about that phone call is that morning, I told my husband, I said, Reese, I've got to get this photolanthropy thing off the ground or I need to forget about it. I mean, I'd already had a name and everything. So we just, you know, just prayed over this idea. And it wasn't 30 minutes later that Kara made this phone call, which was so divine. And I, you know, was able to tell her, I'm so sorry for what you're experiencing. Yes. I would love to, you know, take James's photos and here's what else I'd like for to do for you. And that was our start. Mm. And that phone call has been my anchor in this journey. And I'm so grateful for that because in the hard times, when things look too hard, I always can remember I got a clear call that this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. And so I'm very thankful for that. Literally a clear call. I can see why that'd be an anchor in your life. Explain what happened when you added the whole video element to the photos with this child. I gathered a team quickly and everyone was just really thrilled to go serve her, just to to be able to feel like we could help and do something meaningful. And it was very simple, this first photolanthropy session, portraits of their family and baby James and also had a filmmaker there. And it was very raw because they were in the hospital and we were able to put all that together. And he passed away just a few weeks later. And, you know, but sitting even in that his memorial service, I looked down and one of the pictures that we captured was the brochure 
of the program. And I just remember thinking how heartbroken I was, but it, it also felt, you know, in those times, sometimes we don't know what to do for these people that are hurting so badly. And I felt like the Lord had given me a way that I can serve people that are hurting and giving them something tangible that they can always have. And that just was kind of the start of photolanthropy and, and the heart behind what we do. And it's been really neat to see how it's evolved over the years. It really did start with just having the courage to say yes to that, that call and I would have never dreamed where that call would take us yeah. now. But we do think of James every day because he's the reason I, I had the courage to say yes to photolanthropy. What does photolanthropy mean, Katie? That's just the, the word we came up with. But essentially, if you break it apart, you can see photography, film, and philanthropy. And those are the three things that are our focus and anchors. And so, you know, it started such as the way we did a session with James. And then over the years, through some other really amazing moments in time, we've evolved into making feature documentary films of people that have overcome adversity. And that's kind of what the, the name means. Mm -hmm. And we've just loved it. What are some of the other films that you've created? Please share the names of them. Sure. So a few years after getting started with Photolanthropy and beginning this mission, in serving families, what's what our niche is, is we like to focus on families that are overcoming adversity or defied the odds. And we love studying these families because we're getting to serve them, usually when they're in a very low point in their lives. And we're getting to see that because of the their power of faith or a positive mindset, you know, a viewer, we're getting to watch someone uh, go through that human experience well and, you know, these stories can help us walk away with renewed perspective or feel uplifted, inspired, and challenged. There's just certain people in life that we hear their stories, and it, it helps us walk away with that, that attitude, which can be really contagious and impactful. Another time that things really took a turn for us and that the Lord kind of asked me to, to be more bold is when I came across a photo of a young man named Travis Mills. He was one of five quadruple amputees from the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. And I came across this photo of Travis on Facebook, uh, just very divinely. And here is this, this soldier with no arms, no legs, no prosthetics on in this photo, but he had this huge smile on his face. And I about fell out of my chair and I just thought, I have to know who this guy is yeah. and I want to go help. And he had been injured you know, just a few months before I saw this picture and I called Travis up and, you know, he just said, I said, I'm a film company here in Texas. We'd love to come serve you. This is what we'd like to do for you. Take portraits and produce a short film. And he said, that'd be great. Can you be here next week? <laughs> and without thinking through raising the funds, since we're a 501c3, anything like that, I just knew, I just felt you get on that plane and you go meet Travis Mills. And oh my goodness, I am so thankful that I said yes to that challenge because meeting Travis changed my life in so many ways. But here I was interviewing Travis for this short film at the time. And I just, I kept feeling, kept feeling compelled to challenge myself with the question, what's my two arms and legs to Travis? You know, here's someone that's given me so much mm -hmm. fighting for our freedom. And I took that 
question to my team on the airplane ride home. And that's when a director that I was working with said, why don't we produce a full feature documentary for Travis? And it just felt so right when he said that. And that's a huge monstrous task to take on. But we knew it was what we needed to do. And my my goal for that was to produce a feature-length documentary because Travis's story is so incredible. There's so much to unpack. But my vision for it was let's have a, a red carpet premiere for Travis here in Dallas. That's where we're headquartered. And what a beautiful sight it would be to see hundreds of people on their feet giving Travis Mills a standing ovation saying thank you for what you've done for us. For sure. And that that's what I just that was the the dream on my heart and that's what carried us through to to tell this story. And so when we produced this film now called Travis's Older Story, we got to that red carpet premiere and it was one of the most amazing nights of my life because the dream came to life. Over 500 people came out, three jam-packed theaters, all on their feet for Travis Mills. And and the my favorite part was just grown men weeping. You know, just mm. I've never had experienced a movie theater setting such as that. Just watching the emotions come out because when you see someone fight from the ground up and and have victory and to get their life back and still live well. I mean, to me, there's nothing more beautiful that we can experience. And what was so neat is I thought that was it. That was an amazing experience. One of the best gifts we've ever given. And the next day, the phone started ringing off the hook. We want to bring Photolanthropy and Travis to our state. Come to New York, come to California. We want to host a screening. And then we just felt that momentum and thought, wow, this is this is the next step for us. Mm-hmm. And so our journey, our story of photolanthropy has been an organic kind of following the promptings of the results of the work and how people respond. And so telling Travis's story really took us to this new unknown level that I would have never dreamt up for myself. And then after getting to tell Travis's story, we went on and continued to serve and selected a, an amazing story of a wonderful man named John Payne who lived with ALS for 20 years, which is very unheard of. Yeah, And he just lived with so much faith and had such a beautiful perspective on life. His story was such a gift to so many of us. And then we went on to serve Chris Norton and told the story of Seven Yards. And that film is has newly been released on Netflix. If, if anyone wants to go check out his incredible story. And he was a football player in college that was paralyzed and told he would never move again. And, and Chris completely defied odds. And his story is just a great comeback story that is sure to, to encourage anyone facing anything challenging in their lives. Yeah, it's beyond great. It's it's monumental. Oh. Uh, like I said, I was weeping at the end. It's, oof, it's oh. so good. I would highly recommend it. And I'm looking forward oh, to picking up John's story as well, for sure. You know, during this whole process, you indicated that you've learned desperate dependence on Jesus. Explain what you mean by that, please. I know that sounds like a really hard phrase, and it is, because just the continuing of, you know, the continually hard process of making these films is so challenging. There's so much sacrifice. There's so much fear. There's so much pressure. 
There's practical, you know, milestones that we have to hit with fundraising, things like that, that are completely out of my comfort zone. Mm. And so through this process, I've just clung on to that phrase that I have to have desperate dependence on Jesus, or I'm not going to be able to pull this off because I can't do this on my own. I'm a photographer trying to to produce these these big dreams. And the only way that I've been able to do that is just having faith and trusting and then being dependent on Him that He would provide for us. And He always did, and He always has. And that's what that's meant. And so it is a hard phrase, but I think a lot of business owners in those hard times just might, might know that feeling of desperation. Uh-huh. Of how, how are we going to pull this off? And there was a lot of those moments, especially with our last film, Seven Yards, because it was such a massive project. But I I look back and I'm as hard as those moments were, and they were hard, I can look back and see how much he's grown me and prepared me for the next project. And that's maybe what what it's all about when we take those risks and we we can look back and see what we're capable of, but also see how much we had to learn and how much we needed to grow. What's been one of your most consistent prayers over this time that you've been creating these documentaries, these heart cries to the Lord? Oh gosh, there's been a few, but I'll say there's one I'm looking at here at my desk that I just have written out. And this verse, if I could tell you a little story with it, it was pretty neat because I came across it and we were waiting to find out the distribution for Seven Yards, which is a very lengthy process, especially in the pandemic, because all the platforms were kind of figuring out what they were going to do. And I was waiting. I knew I was going to be getting a phone call that day that might determine where seven yards would go. And I came across the verse in First Thessalonians 5.24, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. And I remember just underlining, he will do it. He will do it. And the dream was Netflix because I thought in a pandemic, we want to be able to serve the world with a story that can encourage people. Mm. And, and Netflix was the dream for me and knowing that Netflix could do that for seven yards. And our film agent called that day and he said, Netflix wants the movie. And it was just such a, such a joyous celebration. But I've, I've kept that up because it's just the reminder that if he has called you, he will do it. And so I, I try to really put that in front of me every day before starting and just use that as a a guidepost and to guide me in our our decisions each day. Well, you mentioned um, sacrifice, fear, and pressure, the wonderful threesome (laughs) of any entrepreneur, right? (laughs) Something I felt like I should zero in on is regarding fear. What's been one of the biggest fears that you've had to overcome in this process? I mean, honestly, that, you know, we are entrusted with these incredible stories you know, our, our most recent projects with Travis, John, and Chris, and they are giving us their story and putting it in our hands and trusting that we will tell it accurately and, and beautifully. And so my biggest fears has been how will it be received? Mm. Because I want to protect their incredible story. And so that has certainly been a fear of ours. And, and the Lord has just completely blown me away by the way people have gone out of their way to come share with us their experience after watching one of our films or the reviews that keep pouring in. You know, it's almost like he doubles up on those just to (laughs) 
to give me that assurance, Katie, I've got you. I've got this story. I've wanted you to make this story and to encourage others. And so that's been really sweet to see that. And we feel very lucky by the way people have responded to our films. Yeah. And and then, of course, just fears of, you know, can we raise these funds? Can we pull this off? Because one of the things that we are known for is we at times will reenact the moment that changed these subjects' lives. For example, we reenacted when Travis lost both arms and legs to an IED. We reenacted when Chris was paralyzed and put together a whole football game. And that is a huge task for a small film production team. And wanting to do those scenes, not to be mean and make them relive it, but to help the audience relive it with them and to understand where Chris was that day on the ground to where he is now. But those were huge tasks to take on. So there's certainly fears in that, that everything would go well and that it would serve the story well. And thankfully, we were able to do those. And, And I think make the viewer's experience more meaningful because they could really understand where these subjects started from their lowest point, which, you know, sometimes in life and stories we see, they kind of brush over that. And we, we hope that is helpful to know the pain that they were in and to see how far they chose to come. The whole essence, the DNA and the background of what you're doing is serving other people. That's the whole reason you do this, isn't it? Oh, yes. And it it all started with, you know, wanting to serve Kara, just looking at someone that has just faced so much and just wanting to love on them. And I I love the team I work with because anyone that comes on set on one of our films, a lot of times they'll come to me and say, there's just something really unique happening here on this set because they look around and it's like there's a family. There's a family I, I consider these filmmakers my brothers, but then we become family with the recipients because there's such a, a beautiful trust level that they can be vulnerable with us and share their story. And it's amazing the way we've chosen to serve and care for them well in the family we've, we've built. So I would definitely say that's a characteristic of all of our team. And our, our first mission on set is to serve these people well and make them feel honored and valued because They've gone through so much and we want to celebrate and thank them for their positive attitude because they're inspiring us all as they're just trying to to overcome something. Yeah, that's real life for them, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest lessons that you're hoping people take away from this conversation is that they have the courage to follow the unique call that God's given them. Tell me more about that. How how does somebody do that? How do they zero in on that unique call? Do you find it's just through seeing a need and then fulfilling it? You know, I know that finding your purpose and call can be really challenging. And I remember in my own journey looking for many years, I knew there was something placed in my heart that I wanted to do something possibly philanthropic. And it took years until I got that call. And one thing I'd love to encourage anyone is, first of all, your your calling is right there with you, where you're surrounded with your family or friends, your coworkers, and, and just being um, the best version of yourself each day. And don't miss your life while you're looking for this big calling. But I do think if if there is a stirring in your heart, I would get excited because I think something's being ignited in you. 
And if you can just be open and have your ears and eyes open to what's around you, but you're exactly right. What makes your heart skip a beat? What impacts you? There might be certain things in your life that you're just drawn to and take the time to explore that. I think we we do need to be activated to be able to find that call. You know, I did receive a phone call, but I was actively in that industry moving forward and then the call came. And so, you know, if you could take those steps, you know, even if there's a few steps each day to spend time researching, looking, having meetings and meeting with people, you will find it. And if if it was something you're born to do, it will find you. Yeah. That's great advice. And, you know, you mentioned don't miss your life by looking for your purpose. In other words, you've got Mm -hmm. your life. It's right there. And that's something Mm -hmm. that the Lord has really pressed upon me. Whenever I start to get anxious about what else is there, is there something more I can do to make an impact, etc., the Lord always asks me, Brian, what's in your hands right now? And I, I have to be very honest with myself and say, a lot. You've given me a lot, and there's a lot I can do right here. And then it's like, okay, then do that. Absolutely. Okay. Quit looking on the other side of the fence. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people kind of go in a sad state because they're looking for something. And my encouragement is, just as you said, just to look at what you have right now and making the most of that. And and then for anyone that that does feel like they're being prompted in some sort of calling, you know, I just from my story, I would encourage you to take that step of faith and just see where it guides you. Because, you know, being able to say yes to that phone call, mm-hmm. I never dreamed um, that I would be producing films. And it's just taken me on an adventurous journey. And it, it's so neat to see what the unique calling is for everyone's lives and to look back. So if you're listening and you're thinking there might be something just just take one step in that direction and and see what happens. Get on that plane. Let's go. <laughs> yes. So oh, that was such a great plane ride. <laughs> you, you shared with me that you just recently went through a season of listening, and I find that to be amazing. Explain what that was like and why you did it, please. Well, after Seven Yards was released on Netflix, which was an incredible dream of ours, an accomplishment I, I really hoped for. I was exhausted just being a small team, doing all the things that we needed to do to share the film and social media, all the things. I I knew in my heart I was I'd given it everything I could for three straight years. And and so just going into the summertime, I have two little ones. I knew I just needed to recharge my batteries or I wouldn't be able to serve well for the next story. I've learned the hard way we have to see signals of burnout. And I was sensing that just because I was, I just had given everything I could to Mm -hmm. this film. So I just felt um, called to take a moment to recharge, just have that time with my children. And, And in a season of listening, I really needed to make sure for the next steps, for the next story, I was fully engaged with with where we're supposed to go next. And that's been a really treasured time. And some of the things that have happened there is uh, making some decisions to grow our team so that we can do more, serve more, tell more stories. And and also listening to some incredible stories that we're considering telling next, which has been really sweet and 
I, I can't wait to share those when we make those final decisions. That's exciting. Assuming you're looking at several and trying to perhaps increase the production of additional stories, get more out. Yes. With growth of our organization, we'll be able to produce more films. And what's neat is, you know, because our, our subjects are anyone that's overcoming adversity, that gives us such an incredible range of stories we can work with. And so people can nominate stories to us. So it is really neat to see these come into the inbox and just having that patience and wisdom to know which one we're going to go with next. Um, So all those things are, are taking shape. And now that we've delivered seven yards and finished that strong, we're excited to continue the work and to serve everyone out there with more uplifting stories um, of real people facing circumstances well. So needed. So, so needed. What's one piece of advice that you find yourself giving to people that aspire to do what you're doing? One thing that I, I do tell people that are really wanting to follow their call and something that's just served me well in the past when doubt comes up is being committed to prayer over that idea. Because I feel like if you can look back, you know, if, if you're having a moment of doubt, a m- moment of strife, I'm able to look back and know I have been prayerful about this call every day. And I know that I'm in line with the mission for my life. That has really given me a lot of comfort, just knowing that I was consulting the Lord in those decisions. And, and that's one thing that I, I tell friends that I feel like you know, might have a prayer life that are in that. And um, it's probably the the one, if when I look back, the most repetitive one I've given a bit of encouragement to. Bathe it in prayer. Be prayerful mm-hmm. always. Absolutely. So how can people find out more about you and what you're up to, Katie? We'd love anyone out there, you know, to look us up. Um, we're photolanthropy.com and that's spelled F-O-T-O lanthropy.com. And if you're looking for a film this weekend, go check out Seven Yards on Netflix, Prime, or Apple TV. And we'd love for you to keep an eye on us uh, for when we you know, produce our next film. And would love to invite anyone just to follow us even on social media in that journey with the behind the scenes and announcements and things like that. We really love to to bring people in and let them see that full experience. It's, it's a pretty neat and we can't wait to see what the next adventure holds i can't either it's going to be great as we finish up i'd love to have you pray for our listeners please oh i I would be honored dear heavenly father we just thank you so much for brian and the time and dedication he takes to serve um, these listeners lord and thank you for the gift of just being able to speak to listeners and meeting them where they're at lord and just whomever's listening and can hear the sound of my voice. I just pray for favor over anyone's ideas that are in their heart, Lord, and that you would be quick to give them answers, Lord, and that um, you would help open doors or bring a conversation to them that would give them encouragement to take that next step, that you would just fill their hearts with some excitement and ignite that passion, Lord, so that they can be activated to go serve, Lord, and Make a difference to those around them and to those that they'd like to serve, Lord. Uh, We thank you for the passions that you've given the viewers in all the different ways. And we pray that they would be encouraged today. And we love you and, and thank you again for this time. 
Amen. Amen. Katie, it was an honor to speak with you. Thanks for the updates. Looking forward to seeing what's next. Thank you, Brian. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the show and share this with someone you believe would be encouraged and motivated by these stories. Until next time, I'm Brian Robinson reminding you that the greatest decision you could ever make is to ask Jesus Christ to become the Lord of your life. If you haven't done that, read Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11. Thanks again for listening.